Hello, everyone. Welcome into another episode of On the Wavelength here at The Athletic. It is Friday, August 28th. Michael Beller hosting, sitting in for Brett Taylor today, of course, joined by Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney. Um, guys, I'm just going to jump right in. Obviously, there's really only one place we can start this episode because it's our first episode since the events of Wednesday took place. Of course, postponements all across Major League Baseball as players and teams uh, use the platform available to them to protest the continuing uh, racial injustice that roils uh, the United States of America. As far as the Cubs go, we know that they played on Wednesday. Jason Hayward uh, decided to sit out. He encouraged his teammates to still play the game, and they did still play that game to much debate over the last 48 hours. Um, I'm just going to leave it there. Um, you guys obviously much closer to this situation. So w- what's our read on this? I mean, where where did the Cubs go from here? Well, how did this decision come to be where Hayward was going to sit, but the team decided to still play that game on Wednesday night against the Tigers? Where do things stand for, for the team right now? Well, I, you know, what was interesting is it, it all happened really fast, uh, even for, I think, you know, us as reporters, I remember getting the text that Jason Hayward was a healthy scratch. And at the time, a lot of things were happening in the sports world, NBA world, MLB. I'm not even sure if the Brewers had uh, postponed their game. I think maybe they had at that point or like the news was kind of aligned. It was all happening really fast. The NBA was probably an hour or two prior that the first game had been postponed and we were getting word that more games were likely to be postponed. So a lot was happening. I mean, like it has been in this country for the past, whatever, six months now, it feels like things just happen suddenly and very rapidly. So I remember getting that text and saying, well, this has to, he's, he's like, they made clear that this is a healthy scratch. Healthy scratches don't happen in baseball very often, right? You don't use that terminology in baseball. So you, there was an assumption there that obviously we can't run with as reporters saying, well, I think I know why he's sitting out. We got a follow up that, uh, that he had spoken with uh, Ross and that, uh, that they'd come to a decision that Ross would sit out. I mean, uh, Hayward would sit the game out at that point. I think we, we just didn't really understand fully what was going on outside of Jason Hayward was taking a stand and he was sitting uh, for this game due to racial injustice and the, and you know what's going on in this country right now i i think uh, my feeling immediately and I, I i this is just a personal feeling i was very i was bothered by the fact that the cubs were playing that game i i, I felt that they should have the right decision was to stand with uh with hayward and and postpone that game uh you know that's my personal feeling i also understand that there's a lot of people struggling with these issues right now at different points you know in their process with this issue with these issues racial injustice uh you know police violence police brutality these are things that everyone feels differently about and and i think a lot of the players with the cubs are in different moments with that and some of them are progressing to the point where they're seeing that side and they're like wow there's something major going on here but they're also confused and and still trying to process it all so i think the major theme for me was after speaking, after Jason Hayward spoke to us, after David Ross spoke to us, after Anthony Rizzo spoke, after Jed Hoyer spoke on the radio yesterday on Thursday, I I got the sense that, you know, a, a lot of people were trying to make very difficult decisions in a, in a moment. What they really needed was time to 
talk it out. They needed more time to really hash through these issues. Like I said, everybody feels differently. Everybody's at different points. I think more time may have led to a different conclusion. That's my assumption right now. I don't know that for sure, but I think it's I think it's clear that they wanted more time, that they needed more time to speak about these things, and it, they just didn't have it. And since Hayward's Hayward was using his voice to say, you guys play. You don't need to follow me. You need to. He's like, I want you to play. That's what he said. He said, I know you have my back and I trust that they do have his back. I think just because I feel that they made the wrong decision in that snap moment doesn't mean I think that they they don't support Jason Hayward. I, I think they know what type of teammate he is, what type of person he is, and what type of message he's trying to send. And they're still grappling with all uh, of those messages themselves. And, uh, you know, ultimately that game probably shouldn't have been played. Uh, I think even there were some things that Cameron, Cameron Mabin told uh, Ken Rosenthal in a piece that Ken uh, published recently that, that kind of made it seem like Cameron Mabin plays for the Tigers. And it sounds like, uh, according to Mabin, even Rizzo at one point told him while he was on first base that uh, he was unsure if they should be playing this game. So, you know, there there's some, definitely some hesitation, everyone involved. So I was I was fascinated to hear that from Mabin. And uh, I think that ultimately uh, we're in a pretty... I mean, this is like an earth-shifting moment with the game. We feel How many times have we said that this year, too? It feels like we're at these inflection points. And yet again, here we are, uh, and it's entering sport, the sports world, and I think that's very significant. You know, we're, we're not at a point where we're just breaking down games and we have to ignore everything that's going around us. The whole point is this this can't be a distraction right now right sports aren't supposed to be a distraction you have to sit in the moment and absorb everything that's going on if it makes you feel un- uncomfortable that's that's the point i think for for from our perspective this started with the cubs at the beginning of uh training camp uh this is something they'd been talking about uh for a while uh they had brought in kind of a speaker to help facilitate this discussion. And I think the main takeaway from opening night was that they were going to, whatever statement they're going to make, they're going to do it together. And they all wore the black lives matter t-shirts that were uh, filtered throughout baseball. Uh, But no one kneeled during the anthem. And Jason Hayward said that him personally, he didn't feel the need to, he felt that um, there was a lot of unity within the clubhouse. There was a recognition of the struggle uh, within the black community. Um, and it really was, I think, you know, staggering if you look at the long arc of baseball history to have, you know, the Cubs Twitter account, um, you know, releasing a statement, signed statement from all the players, you know, explicitly calling out uh, systemic racism. Um, I don't think, you know, Sahadev, when you and I first started going into baseball clubhouses, I don't think we would have expected conversations about police brutality or to have these things be commonplace so within kind of the discussion about sports and I do think that's progress I do uh I think it's important at least maybe not you know the progress that we would would like to see but it is certainly significant and you know I think like you're saying what Jed Hoyer has hinted at I think over time I don't think the entire team is going to feel comfortable with that decision to play, I think, you know, looking back on it with some hindsight, um, I think it's hard to say that 
you know, they made the absolute uh, right decision. But I also think it's kind of unfair to slam the Cubs here. I think this stuff is really, really hard to, to process, particularly when it's popping up, you know, 40 minutes before first pitch and then kind of hastily calling a team meeting. And if you're David Ross having players coming flooding into your office, coming up to you in the dugout in the moments before um, first pitch. I think Jason Hayward is pretty genuine when he says he told the, his teammates to say that. Uh, anyone who's been around the team um, knows how well-respected he is in that room. And I think if the Cubs were listening to him and taking that uh, instruction to play and encouragement to play in the moment while, you know, maybe that wasn't the most uh, courageous historic choice or the one that they're going to feel great about over the next couple of days. I, I still, th- I still just have a hard time hammering them for that. That's yeah. all. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I was surprised too when I saw that Hayward was sitting but the team was still going to play. But a very hard situation to evaluate from the outside looking in. A lot of situations are hard to evaluate from the outside looking in. And this one, with all the factors uh, that were at play, it's uh, it's hard to really take them to task. And I do wonder if they would have had, you know, say, if this would have all started happening at 2 in the afternoon rather than right before first pitch. Or if they, you know, were off and they were playing Thursday, if things would have gone a little bit differently. And we saw what happened Thursday you know, across Major League Baseball. Sahadev, you mentioned that NBA, once again, of course, got this ball rolling, starting with the Milwaukee Bucks refusing to play. And now we've seen two straight days of NBA postponements. Then yesterday, um, across Major League Baseball, seven games postponed. We all saw what happened uh, with the Marlins and the Mets, with them taking the field for 42 seconds of silence, walking off, putting a Black Lives Matter t-shirt over home plate and not playing their game. Uh, it's a moment. It's a moment. And, um, yeah, it's something that I don't think we necessarily expected to come from the sports world or maybe even don't want to have to come from the sports world. It's not their, It should not be their responsibility, but it is powerful to see them take a hold of the platform that we have given athletes and given sports in this country and use it in this way. We should, and the WNBA uh, mm-hmm. was pretty prog- has been yes. pretty progressive during these times as well, and uh, and I, it, I, if I'm correct, the NHL postponed games as well on Thursday. That, yep, on Thursday. Yeah, so I mean, it's pretty remarkable what's happening right now. I, it, it's hard to like uh, like you've both said. I I don't want to criticize the Cubs uh, for playing uh, because something that I I, I grapple with is. I have to just accept that not everybody's going to be where I am, right? You know, I want uh, we want progress, we want it quickly, but it's it's a slow process, and I think there are things happening in the baseball world that, like Patrick said, like it wouldn't have happened, you know, nine months ago. It's it's kind of remarkable how how any of this is happening. I think. Uh, I'm not sure if it was Lucas Giolito whose quotes I was reading, but he was pretty, he was surprised that these things were happening. And Giolito's a very progressive guy, and I love how he's found his voice. He's feeling more confident to share things. He's always felt, I think, certain ways, but he has the confidence and it's starting to kind of crystallize. And, and he's tr- able to express himself really clearly. And I love love uh, reading what he has to say and uh I think part of it is he even he was surprised. I think a lot of people are surprised that, you know, not only are uh, black baseball players 
having their voices heard, but now their white teammates are stepping up and, and making sure to to uh, act on uh, for these injustices as well. I, I think that's great. I hope there's more progress. I hope it's not just for show. Uh, I, we're, I think the fact that there aren't games is a huge issue. Like I said, uh, you know, they're, they're forcing people to think about these things. We're not going to change everybody's mind. Uh, not everybody is going to agree with this or see, uh, see it, uh, how, what it's supposed to mean, see it for what it's supposed to mean. But I, I'm, I'm happy that there's some progress and, you know, Wednesday was a tough day just overall, uh, for baseball and the Cubs in particular, but it, it was, a, I, I would hope that, uh, I would hope that there's some progress to come with all of this. Yeah, and for, for people who um, for people who wonder why what's going on, how is this actually doing anything? You see all these games canceled. You see Dom Smith having his very emotional press conference Wednesday after the Mets did play, and then the very next day, Reese Hoskins from the Phillies saying that part of the reason they decided not to play Thursday was because they all saw Dom Smith's press conference and what this all meant to him. And um, that right there tells you. Uh, just how much of an impact. I mean, that's a that's a sliver of what's happening, and it shows you, you know, how how one voice, how one person can can change the way that a lot of other people think. So, I think a lot of this is going a long way. Uh, yeah, I, I was just kind of alluding to um, what Zad had mentioned, and you as well, Michael, of how so much stuff going on uh, in terms of that day and the stress within the Cubs, you know, baseball operations department. Um, so it was all over the story. Um, just the uh, the notifications that Cubs employees were getting uh, in terms of uh, job eliminations and that uh, the deep cuts that are being made to the baseball operations department on the scouting side, both uh, amateur and professional um, player development uh, for <clears throat> partially because the minor leagues is being uh, contracted, but still really deep cuts and even in international operations where the cups have done a really good job uh historically so it was this really you know painful day that uh a lot of people who work for the team had been kind of bracing for um i think there's a lot of uh economic anxiety um everywhere uh but certainly for the team that we cover um those people feel it um day to day um, as well as, you know, this pandemic that is still raging. And, uh, I think David Ross said it the other night of, you know, it seems like every day something new pops up and the, the Cubs are you know going to Cincinnati, uh, and facing a team that has, you know, dealt with, um, I think at least one or two positive tests. I can't remember off the top of my head, but had, you know, multiple games, uh, postponed and, um, it's hard to believe the Cubs are only halfway through this season because it seems like there's been so much packed into uh, almost every news cycle here. Yeah, side of Patrick said you were all over the story. Deep cuts across the organization, big restructuring, pro and amateur scouting, international scouting, in-player development. Uh, just take us through what that day was like. Yeah, it was a very empty feeling. I mean, I guess I've known that these cuts were coming in some form, didn't know the timing of it. It's one of those things that you uh, struggle to reach out to people about, right? But it's kind of part of our job. Uh, I mean, uh, texting people to, hey, I've heard that there are cuts, I hope you're safe type thing. Uh, 
and then hearing uh, half the time that they're not is not the greatest way to to go about your day. Uh, so yeah, so that that started pretty, uh, I'd say, relatively early in the morning. Not super early, but you know, the, the text started coming in, and I realized something was happening, and and cuts were being made, and uh, dug into it and got more details. and And it's it's one of those things that I think uh, outsiders looking in, you know, of course there are a lot of businesses that have uh, that have been that are suffering right now. A lot of people are losing jobs. A lot of people, you know, are struggling to get by or taking pay cuts, don't have jobs, whatever it may be. This isn't, it isn't just baseball. That's, that's suffering. Uh, obviously our industry as jur- journalism is suffering as well. Everybody is, it, this is a very difficult time for a lot of people. It's just, it hits home when a lot of people that you work with essentially that you talk to uh, on a pretty regular basis about baseball, uh, Patrick and and my work, uh, they, it's it's good because of a lot of these people. Uh, they they help us. They they guide us. They they the when I provide you baseball analysis, it's not just coming from me. I promise you that. I talk to a lot of people that know a lot about the game and understand it really well at a deep level, and I'm able to share that knowledge because I've gathered information from people that want to teach me as well and want to share information and show me how this game is is run how it's played how they learn how they how they create teams and and, and the reality is there were people that lost their jobs that were essential in the cubs winning the world series uh that just because they lost their job doesn't mean they're bad at it i promise you that Uh, this is a difficult time in baseball i know we all want to drown ourselves in the game and forget about the bad things uh but Things are not getting better in this sense. That's what's uh, really bothersome for me. Uh, I think the ultimate, what we learned as far as these restructurings and, and loss of jobs on Wednesday is that cuts are coming across baseball. This is a very difficult time for the sport. It's not just the Cubs that it's going to happen to. It's just happening to the Cubs right now. I wish, uh, you know, it'd be great if owners could step up and take uh, the brunt of it, uh, maybe Maybe they are, and I'm missing something there, but I, I still think there's a way to avoid these situations, but it's the reality it's, is it's not going to happen. We're not going to avoid these situations. It's going to get worse, I think, as we head towards the offseason. Spending across baseball is going to go down, uh, whether the fans notice it or not. I, my assumption is they will when free agency <laughs> begins and, and their, their teams are not going as hard after players as – as they should be or as they would would have been expected to it's just going to be tough it's going to be a really tough time for baseball the cubs had one of the smallest front offices when uh, they brought in theo epstein and and he brought in some people and and they've really built it out Uh, multiple departments have been expanded and grown over the years they just revamped player development and uh all this happened and and now so many people are losing their jobs and and I wouldn't I I don't know if this is the end uh for the Cubs but I would assume that more is coming at some point uh I don't know in what area or in what form but it's just we're we're in a bad time for baseball as far as finances finances and uh it's just going to it's going to be something that we have to uh kind of be aware of uh and, and unfortunately just accept that this is going to be something that continues to happen. And I think to connect the events of Wednesday uh, from these, the slashing of baseball operations to <clears throat> Jason Hayward 
uh, sitting in a room and doing his Zoom conference and saying how uh, the NBA and MLB are obviously different, that the um, majority uh, of the NBA uh, is filled with African-American players. That is their community. They're kind of the influencers and that it is a lot easier for them to kind of speak out um, and come together on this. Whereas in, in baseball, um, you know, Hayward uh, has historically been pretty guarded in, in a lot of his comments and he's been um, more, more open, uh, more willing to talk about some of these social issues and part of, because of this uh, players Alliance that he feels um, an obligation to. And I think these, cuts while you won't necessarily notice a difference tomorrow it is um part of what we've been talking about throughout this pandemic that it is cutting off access and opportunities um for everyone and i think if you want to have these conversations in major league clubhouses um you're going to need more uh black players and then you're going to need more black players in the dugout as coaches and managers and more um black uh, executives, more uh, African American scouts who um, can kind of bring their talents to the table, and I think when these opportunities are cut, if you're talking about kind of getting your foot in the door, if you're talking about the draft being cut from something like forty rounds to five, uh, this trickle down effect that's going to be felt in college baseball. I mean, if um, even I don't, I don't know, but I'd imagine that agencies are feeling it, you know, pretty tough too. So, um, I think there's just kind of so much, uh, going on here and it's interconnected in these really, um, subtle ways. But if you're kind of looking for the next generation of, uh, whether it's Jason Hayward or or Kenny Williams or or Dave Roberts, uh, I think it becomes a, a lot harder, um, when, when baseball opportunities, um, are vanishing even for people who already are established and talented. I'm just not sure where, you know, that kind of pipeline is going to come from. Yeah. It's, um, you know, I know Lindsay Adler who covers the Yankees for us was reporting on similar things going on with them. And there's going to be a, a significant trickle down effect down to the minors. And we already know what was happening there. Um, you know, potentially instructional camps getting overloaded with players. Uh, it's just something that we're not really going to have a great feel for, except to know that right now, it is pretty bad. And on the point you made, I um, can't remember which one of you, just, uh, Patrick, you were just saying about uh, the NBA and the MLB and the racial makeup of those leagues being very different. Um, yeah, it's probably no surprise that one team that was aggressive on this was the Seattle Mariners when you've got guys like Kyle Lewis, J.P. Crawford, uh, D. Gordon, uh, Shed Long, one of the uh, you know most African-American clubhouses in Major League Baseball. To see them be so aggressive as they were on Wednesday was probably not a surprise. You know, maybe they feel a little bit more empowered in that clubhouse because of the makeup of it and something that uh, the game's certainly going to have to to reckon with and uh, and rectify across all 30 clubhouses and all 30 organizations uh, if we're going to see um, some you know better outcomes and, and better processes leading into these discussions. Um, we'll be back right after this. 
All right, guys, I think we can leave it there. As scheduled, the Cubs are set to play on Friday night in what will be a four-game series against the Cincinnati Reds. We are recording this at 10.30 in the morning, so possible something changes. There is a doubleheader scheduled for Saturday, so we are operating as though the Cubs will be taking the field on Friday night in Cincinnati. Obviously, stick with Sahadev Patrick and us here at The Athletic as you get ready for the weekend that's ahead. Obviously, we wish we could bring you uh, more baseball talk, but these are the things that are going on in our world and in this sport, and we would only be doing you and ourselves a disservice if we did not talk about that. Thanks for listening. Uh, We will be back with you on Onto Waveland next week. Until then, have a great weekend. 